This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 270. Seven ways you please the Lord. You can please God. It's amazing when you think about it. Human beings, seemingly so insignificant when we look at the size and scale of the universe that God has created, have the ability to please the Lord. It's also possible to displease the Lord. The Apostle Paul wrote, Find out what pleases the Lord. Or as the message translation puts it, Figure out what will please Christ, and then do it. From Psalm 113 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised, both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of his people. He settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. First, praise the Lord. Praise is the appropriate response to God. He's worthy of all your praise. We teach our children to be thankful, not for our own sake, but for theirs. We're pleased when they're thankful. God teaches you to praise him because it's the right response to him and because it's good for you. Thanksgiving is an appropriate response to human generosity. Continual praise is the appropriate response to God's generosity. The psalmist repeats over and over again, that you should praise the Lord. Praise him all day long, from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets. Praise him throughout your life, now and tomorrow and always. Praise him particularly for his love for the marginalized, the poor, the needy and the barren. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. New Testament from Ephesians 5 For you were once darkness, But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands, as you do to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church for we are members of his body. 
For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Second, live in the light. As Christians, we are called to be a community whose conduct shines as a beacon to others, illuminating the way that God intended life to be lived. Paul wrote that you are light in the Lord, therefore you should live as children of light. Light produces good fruit, goodness, generosity towards others, righteousness, doing right in relation to God and humanity, and truth. These are ways you can please the Lord. Light exposes evil. The best way to get rid of evil is to drag it into the light. Evil thrives in the darkness, but the moment you bring it into the light, its power diminishes. Ask God to shine the light of the Holy Spirit into your heart. If the Holy Spirit exposes an area of darkness, deal with it through confession and repentance. The moment you do so, the power of evil is broken. Third way to please the Lord, make the most of every opportunity. Time is your most valuable possession. You can get more money, but you cannot get more time. Paul wrote, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Do not fritter away your life like a fool. Life is short. Live in the moment and make the most of every day. Fourth way to please the Lord, be filled with the Spirit. Paul contrasts the escapism of substance abuse, getting drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, with being filled with the Holy Spirit. Drink the Spirit of God, huge draughts of Him. In these verses, he uses filled in the present continuous tense, urging us to go on and on being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit leads to singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs instead of drinking songs. It leads you to worship the Lord Jesus in your heart and to give thanks to God, the very opposite of grumbling and complaining. It is characteristic of the Spirit-filled community to be grateful to God for all things, in all places, and at all times. It also leads to mutual submission, as we see in the next section. Fifth way to please the Lord, submit to one another with love and respect. John Paul Getty, once the wealthiest man on the planet, who was married three times, said, I would gladly give all of my millions for just one lasting marital success. Mutual respect is the key to a happy marriage. The vital words in verses 21 to 33 are respect, love and submit. The overall heading of this section is that out of respect for Christ, we are to submit to one another. The word used for submission is different from the word used for obey. Submission is voluntarily yielding in love. It's a beautiful characteristic, and it's clear from the overall heading, submit to one another, that Paul expects mutual submission. This teaching would have been a revolutionary concept in first century culture. Respect is the key to a good relationship between the sexes. We are not at war. As Pope Benedict put it, in Christ, the rivalry 
enmity and violence can be overcome and has been overcome. It is respect throughout marriage that elevates the other and gives them the dignity and increases their confidence and self-worth. The overall emphasis of the passage is on love. Although it's directed particularly at the husband, it would be absurd to suggest that the love is not mutual. Paul is saying that both love and submission are mutual. Love is self-giving. This is how a husband submits. This kind of love is sanctifying. It makes us holy. It makes us like Jesus. It's sensitive and it's sealed in marriage by sexual union. And this is the New Testament context of sexual union. It's the most beautiful and the most romantic view of sex and marriage. As Robert Spayman put it, the essence of marriage is that two lives, two whole biographies, are so tied together that they become one history. Furthermore, these verses are precious gems to be treasured because of what they suggest about the forthcoming marriage feast of the Lamb and the consummation of the union between Christ and his church. Lord, please fill me today with the Holy Spirit so that I may shine in a way that pleases you and make the most of every hour of every day. Help us in all our relationships to submit to one another, respecting and loving each other and pleasing you. Old Testament from Isaiah 65 to 66. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. Sixth way to please the Lord, be humble. The Lord himself says, These are the ones I esteem, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and tremble at my word. But there's something I'm looking for, a person simple and plain, reverently responsive to what I say. This is another way to please the Lord, through constant study of and submission to his word. God keeps us humble and contrite. It's easy to become prideful, until we fall on our knees before God and his word and see ourselves in the light of his truth. Seventh way to please the Lord, look forward to a world where everything pleases God. Isaiah encourages the people, be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. God promises that he will create new heavens and a new earth. This new heaven and new earth will finally be a place where everything pleases God where he can delight in his people. In these final chapters, Isaiah sketches out a glorious vision of what this new creation will be like. This passage also warns of the coming judgment as all that displeases God is excluded from his new creation. The imagery of a new creation which these chapters give us is then a picture of joy and rejoicing, a place where there is no more suffering and the sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Isaiah promises that everyone will reach their full potential. But the New Testament goes even further, with Jesus promising eternal life. There will be no need for funerals, undertakers or cemeteries. God's people will be given 
immortality. Isaiah looks forward to a time when all activity will be a blessing. There will be no more work in vain. There will be no more labor or toil. Rather, there will be a restoration of the rule over creation with which we were originally entrusted. There will be a closeness of relationship with God, with no more struggling or seemingly unanswered prayer. You will have an unimpaired vision of God and of Jesus. There will be harmony and peace. All relationships will be restored, including even the animal world. There will be unity and intimacy in all our relationships. Nature will be restored as a place of stability, safety and peace. The kingdom of God will be fully established. Martin Luther wrote, I would not give up one moment of heaven for all the joys and riches of the world, even if they lasted for thousands and thousands of years. Lord, may this wonderful promise of a new heaven and a new earth spur me on in my desire to live now in the ways that please you. Pepper adds, Ephesians 5 verse 15 says, Be very careful how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Have I made the most of every opportunity today? Hmm, I'm not sure.